0: Just when we thought we were out, basketball pulls us right back in.
1: Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your
0: team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, just as soon as we say we're going all football from this point forward, which was a few days ago, Namari Burnett this morning enters the transfer portal. Now, I'd like to know your opinion on it. I'm against it. I would love for him to stay. I think he's a good player. Um, do I think he's a program changer? No. But um, I would rather he be on our team than not. Um so I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there, there's certainly been a lot of talk lately about some other guys uh, from, say, Florida International that that Alabama's looking very hard at in terms of coming in and playing that same kind of position. And Namari Burnett did inexplicably not get any minutes in a few games coming down the stretch. So maybe that should have been, a, hey, a read the tea leaves moment. Regardless, I just don't like it. I wish he were on the team next year.
1: Yeah, uh, based on what I know at this, mostly we'll we'll probably learn more from inside the program uh, perhaps in the next few days. But based on what I know, you know, I consider it bad attrition. I think Namari is a good player. He's probably one of our best on-ball defenders on the roster. He's also missed time with injury here and there. I'm not sure we've seen Namari Burnett at 100% over an extended period of time. So I haven't really seen – the player I think Namari can be at this level. I think it's a, you know, based on what I know, I think it's a loss. I would have projected him to have been a significant player on next year's team. Uh, I do think that, uh, you know, Mark Sears plays the two. Uh, he's likely to play a lot of minutes there. Rylan Griffin clearly can play a lot of minutes at the two uh, or the three. And Namari's sort of a two or a three guy. Uh, he can defend either spot, play their spot on offense. So uh, I, I think it's a big blow and a big loss. Now, want well, to remind people again and again, we don't know anything yet. we We learned about this uh, uh, three or four minutes before we went on the air uh, or started recording. Um, playing time is 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 the reason most kids leave, but is not the only reason kids leave. There could be stuff at play here we're just not aware of. Uh, For instance, um, you know, uh, there could be something going on with his family. Uh, There could be something going on with a girl. There could be something going on with NIL that he's gotten a significant NIL offer from from somewhere else Uh, that happens. Uh, It could be there's a personal falling out with someone the coaching staff or someone on the team. It could be that, oh, my gosh, I just got the opportunity to play with my bestie. My bestie of all time, the kid I grew up with, he's going to TCU, so I'm going to TCU. Stuff like that. I mean, it, it, I think we have a tendency as fans to assume, uh, I know I do. Uh, I mean, I do, uh, you know, but it's not fair because not one size fits all. Not every kid leaves because he's upset with minutes. It's the most often used reason for getting in the portal, but it's not the only one could be academic. It could be, I mean, who knows? Could be, I mean, who knows? Uh, We we don't know Uh, if you want to assume it's about minutes and he didn't get enough minutes and he wants more minutes and he's not confident he would get more minutes next year. Although I don't understand that line of thinking Um, again. And, and Hey, here's another thing. Um, We as fans assume this all the time, every time a kid enters the portal that the kid is upset And he walked down the quad over to the Rose administration building and he went in and he said, where's the portal? Type my name in it. I'm mad. You know, sometimes there's a two way street here. Sometimes a kid is pushed into the portal. We don't want you back. And this is why we don't want you back. And you can come back if you choose, but you ain't going to play here because we're mad at you. That happens, too. I know that's never the, the thing that we assume as fans we want to assume everything is always fantastic with all these kids. They're all great. They're all Eagle Scouts. And and, and, and they all help, you know, orphans out of burning buildings. Sometimes kids are pushing the portal uh, for reasons that we're not going to be told. Uh, so I think my, my, my long-winded uh, soliloquy here, and I, I'm told I use that word wrong all the time. I think my mom told me I use that word wrong. <laughs> but my long-winded speech here is, I know that when a kid enters the portal, we, we jumped all these conclusions and, and 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 I do it myself, but, but it's never the right thing to do. We don't we simply don't know. We will try to find out uh, if it's something that shouldn't be private. Uh, we will try to find out and, and let you guys know what we know but, uh, in some, I think from what little I know, it's bad attrition. I think Damari Burnett's a really good player and he was going to play a significant role in the team next year. And he's going to be difficult to replace.
0: No, I'm with you. Um, I would, again, I would much rather have him than not have him. And I think that's what this boils down to. Now, if you want to take the position that, hey, it's not that big a deal. He only averaged five points a game and two rebounds a game. Okay. I mean, I would that's fair enough. I, I get it. But see, this is what I was talking about the other day. And some folks got on to us about our hot basketball take that uh, we don't really like this upcoming Final Four. I'd rather see some teams I'm more familiar with in, in terms of a brand status. I mean, that's me. I mean, not, I know not everybody's going to feel the same way. But I think that the the prices for the tickets have gone down, which indicates a drop in demand, which indicates maybe a drop in interest. So I think there's something to be said for that, but my point is that see, it's going to be harder and harder for some teams like North Carolina, Duke, Michigan, Alabama, Auburn, whoever, to maintain uh, some kind of solid, if not spectacular, program, because you don't nobody's ever going to have room to grow. I mean, nobody's ever going to have room to get you know get their personality into the program very much, because every single time somebody's leaving. Now, you can say, well, what about the little guy? The little guy loses all their best players. That's kind of true, but they also get back in return probably experienced players from the portal who are better potentially than the guy that left because uh, the, the other guys are looking for more playing time or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, again, I'm just a guy that likes to see the the best name brands. And, um, at, you know, I'd, I'd rather see – a. a if you want to go that route, I'd rather see an NBA Finals with the Lakers and the Celtics than I would the Grizzlies and the Kings. or well, I guess that's possible. The Kings and the Heat or whatever. So um, but that's just me. I know I'm going out on, you know by myself here. Speaking of, Jimmy, I did want to throw this out there. A soliloquy is an act of speaking one's thoughts aloud when by oneself or regardless of any hearers, especially by a character in a play. So I think when you talk, it is a soliloquy because we don't know if anybody's nobody's listening. <laughs> it's been, nobody's listening.
1: and Nobody's listening. Nobody should be listening to my soliloquies. Uh, yeah, this is how new, new this news is. Uh, I just returned uh, from the last stop we made before I walked in the door from uh, the soup store, a soup store. There's a few on campus. Uh, returned from the soup store, pulled up the laptop, ready to do the show with Luke, looked at my phone, saw I had a few texts saw that Namari Burnett transferred and announced to the wife well it's a good thing we didn't buy the Nil uh, Namari Burnett thermos that we looked at when we were in the soup store because we literally <laughs> literally looked at that and and her response wasn't oh no is Namari in the portal her response was were you seriously considering buying that I mean if that that was like don't don't buy the Namari Burnett but, yeah, they do have, at the soup store in the Ferguson Center, they have these cool uh, drinking vessels. They're sort of like thermoses. They're just kind of – it's kind of a big drink container. I'm sure college students should be putting beer and, and bourbon in it, but or, or beer or bourbon in it, not both. Please don't do that. Uh, but, yeah, they have several basketball players. Uh, they have their their, their likeness on it. And it's not Brandon Miller and Clowney. The ones that I saw today were uh, Quinterly, Burnett, Noah Gurley, yeah, just those Mm. those three, those three, up to one with Namari Burnett. I'm like, it's unbelievable that we have these things. And of course, they're like $30 or something. But, you know, and I put it right back down. But, yeah, yeah, so I walked in and I'm like, glad we didn't buy that Namari Burnett thermos. And she was like, were you going to buy the Namari Burnett thermos?
0: (laughs) Uh, No. I didn't know it was an option. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. Let me, let me tell everybody about FanDuel. The tournament is heating up. Well, it's actually almost over at this point, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving you new customers, all you new customers, a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use, and also pretty fun. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Jimmy, uh, going back to football now. um, You have a good little uh, thing going on with On3. It's not a soliloquy. It is not a soliloquy uh, because it is written, not spoken. (laughs) I still don't think anybody's listening, but regardless. Probably not. um, Though we can at uh,
1: track how many people read it. Which is interesting. I'm, you, uh, I'm always you, you're gonna do impressed a- that that many people read what I wrote, and at the same time disappointed. Like I can't believe that many people read that. That is really cool, but shouldn't it be more? So, that's how I feel.
0: Well, your your series is on the. Uh, I'm, I'm looking to see what you call it. two early season forecast, uh, the offensive line, and you also have the um the offensive skill positions, and I think that's what we'll do first because you tackled them Monday. Yep. and um, you, you said, I, I'm just going to read what you have here. this series this series this week will serve as a forecast for what I believe will happen at these positions this fall. You said you believe Ty Simpson will win the job. I am with you on that. I want people to understand that I don't believe you and I have any inside information necessarily. This is a gut. Feeling right. this is what we think will happen. Not that we think Jalen Milrow is terrible. That yeah. is not what we're saying. I actually, don't think it that is. Yeah, I don't either. But some only one player is going to win it, and it's sort of like to me, uh, Jalen Hurts against Tua Tongvailoa. I mean, I, I, again, Jalen Hurts is very good. I just thought Tua was better. That that those two things can be true. So um, that's what I'm. That's what I'm going with. But you give your reasoning. Uh, I think Jalen can be
1: quarterback. I think Ty is a good quarterback. And I know people are saying, how are you based that on when you haven't seen him play? Well, I do know a lot about the kid from my years at QB country. I, I knew a lot about Ty Simpson before most Alabama fans did because he was a, a real star at QB country uh, as a very young player. Uh, and knew he was going to be a thing. And I knew early on in his career, by the way, he was a big Tennessee fan and was likely to go to Tennessee. Never really dreamed at that time he would one day end up at Alabama. But no, I think Ty is a good quarterback, and it is based on what I've seen. I thought his A-Day performance was the best one I'd ever seen from an early-entry true freshman. From all the early-entry true freshmen we've had that have participated in spring and A-Day, I thought Ty Simpson was the best of all of them. Then when he did play in garbage time, he played pretty well and made at least one wow throw, a wow throw. Milrow made a few himself because he got more opportunity, but Ty made a throw garbage time that totally impressed me. And then from what I hear from inside the program, I think Ty was exceptional during the bowl practices, which makes sense because it should be about that time when you truly grasp the offense and finally feel comforted. And I think that's a normal progression for most gifted quarterbacks, it takes about a year or maybe a little less to really learn it. And I think Ty learned it by the bull practices and, and now is comfortable, and I think he will win the job. Again, I think Jalen can be a good quarterback. I think Ty is a good quarterback, and that's why he wins the job. Will I be surprised if it goes the other way? No. Uh, I think Jalen Milrow at some point will be a very good college quarterback, maybe at Alabama, maybe somewhere else.
0: And, you know, the, this isn't the time to go super deep dive into these things because you're right, we're, we're really just getting scratch in the surface with spring practice right now. But I just find it interesting that you, you're putting this out there because, you know, we love to talk football all the time. Um, then you go to running back, obviously. I mean, that's the natural progression. And you basically say Jace McClellan will be Alabama's primary ball carrier.
1: Yeah, I do. And
0: look, I, I think so, don't you? I, I do at first. I swear, and again, total gut feeling. It could just be gas, but I feel like it's going to be one of the freshmen. I, I really do. I just feel like it, or um, Jamarian Miller. I feel like it's going to be one of those one of those three, I, and it could be Justice Haynes, just because I think he's he's got sort of a special Mark Ingram vibe about him that I feel like. Uh it's one of those you can't put a finger on. He just he just wants it. And now again, I'm basing it on high school tape. I'm basing it on what I've seen in all-star games and just what I've read about him. So maybe that's not completely fair. But again, this is the time to take your shots in the dark because we don't know. Right. So um, yeah, if, if since we're doing this exercise, I'm gonna say, yeah, it's it's not a and I don't think it's a pipe dream either that I feel that way. I've seen enough of Jason McClellan to know he's good. I'm not sure he's great, mm-hmm. and we've had great running backs. And again, I, I, that's not a shot at Jason McClellan. He is good enough to play running back at the University of Alabama. That makes you a fantastic running back, right? Yep. But am, am I to set? Am I just 100% convinced that one of the freshmen, or Jamarian Miller, and better? I'm, I'm not. So I'm, I'm sort of going out on a limb.
1: Well, it's going to be by committee. Period. Jace isn't going to be a 25 carry. Hey, he's the alpha dog, and everybody else has to just sit. It won't be that situation at all. I think several guys are going to play. Uh, I feel similarly to how you do, Luke. I, I spell out in the piece that uh, this is what I think is going to happen, and really I'm going with logic here, is that Jace is the number one back and that Jam Miller is so impressive now that he's got a real opportunity that he's sort of not not necessarily Jace one and, and Jam two, but just sort of a Jace and Jam duo. That, that's kind of how I see logically this progressing. And then Roy Dell, and I can sort of lay out a a longer thing about Roy Dell. See, I think Roy Dell can really help. I just see him as a utility back. I think an awesome cop for Roy Dell is Roy Upchurch. I think he's a real Roy Upchurch type player. And by that, I mean a third down back, a guy that's good at the goal line, a guy that's good at picking up blitzes, a guy that's good at all the little dirty things. Uh, He's just not the pure runner with the ball, playmaker with the ball, that Jason Jam are so therefore I sort of see Jason Jam as one A and one B, and Roy as a utility utility back. You know, hey, we need him at the goal line. Hey, we need him to pick up these blitzes on third down, and we're going to play him on some of the third downs. But then I note very similarly to how Luke feels, I said, why do I get the feeling that even though I've laid out this perfect plan that I think think would be fine? It's all going to be messed up when just, because once Justice Haynes plays, they're probably going to go, you know what? We're idiots if we take 22 off the field. And I just note that, hey, I say all that to say Justice Haynes could really upend my entire plan that I just laid out because he might be just too good to keep off the field.
0: What you're saying is Justice Haynes could be the Florida Atlantic in your bracket, <laughs> in
1: your running back bracket. He's no non-seed. No seed.
0: <laughs> that is true. Uh, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk about the wide receivers in this little exercise you have going on. And we're back. So, wide receivers come next on your way-too-early depth chart talking about stuff. Uh, obviously, you got Malik Benson in there. I, I mean, again, if you're going to get on to us about not having seen Ty Simpson or not having seen Justice Haynes – or even Richard Young, or even much of Jamarian Miller for that particular. By the way, I didn't know we were calling him Jam now. I'm down with that. I'll call him Jam Miller.
1: He he wanted to be known as Jam on all official Alabama stuff. So on the media guide, in the game program, when they talk about him on TV, it's Jam Miller from here on out.
0: I dig that. I mean, I I like anybody who's got the confidence. I mean, uh, it's sort of like, call me maestro. You know, well, he's not really a maestro. Well, I just just call me like this. Anyway, um, so if you're going to get on to us about going out on a limb with those guys, I think you also have to get on to us about going out on a limb with Malik Benson. I mean, we had not seen him play against this kind of competition. We haven't really seen him. We've seen him playing Juco, and he's incredible. Uh, But I feel like he is – like nobody is debating the fact he's probably going to be wide receiver one. Now, then, of course, you've got Jermaine Burton and Jacory Brooks. They're still there, obviously. Isaiah Bond, who had some flashes last year. Kobe Prentice, who definitely had some flashes last year. He, he tailed off. He may have hit the freshman wall. Uh, and Kendrick Law, who I'm not sure ever really flashed, but I think people could see it. I mean, uh, it, it's like they know the explosiveness is there. We just didn't get to see a lot of it. Now, he did make some good blocks, uh, and you bring that up. And that's great uh and then of course there's emmanuel henderson who we know is an incredible athlete uh the problem is i'm worried if he just doesn't have a home then there's shaz preston who espn is their had as their top rated wide receiver in last year's class and uh, he just didn't make a move last year which again nothing wrong with it it's hard to get on the field at alabama much less as a freshman so i'm not um you know pointing any fingers at him i'm just telling the truth so yeah, you throw out all those names, but in the end, I mean, it's going to be probably a, a three receiver set of maybe Brooks, Burton, and Benson. The three That's, what I, that's
1: what I think. And yeah. I'll say, yeah, I mean, those, those will be the, the, the quote starters, or really the way I like to put it, the, the wide receivers with the ones who will play the most snaps i know that's a that's a long way of saying things but it's just kind of more accurately describes it to me what what wide receivers playing with the first team will play the most snaps i think that's benson burton and brooks uh and, and i think they'll be followed by the trio of sophomores um, bond prentice and law uh, now in terms of why i'm projecting malik benson uh, because I, I'm not a big fan of, hey, the new guy will be the best player. I, I, I'm not a fan of that at all. I mean, I, I know what fans do, and I am a fan. And what we do as fans is the player we haven't seen is the best one. Because we've seen all the others, and we've confirmed they're not Jerry Rice. Now we want to look at the, the next. We assume the next guy, the one we haven't seen, is better. That's what fans do, and it's a real terrible way to to, to build a lineup coaches do not do that they actually make the players practice and prove who the best player is um now uh why but why i'm putting benson as wide receiver one and why i'm projecting him to be a starter because this is a projection piece it's not just because of his highlight tape it's not just because he's highly rated no it's because of what i've heard with my own ears from sources inside the program in terms of what malik benson looked like in those ball practices uh there were raves, they're raving, okay? So that's number one. Well, we need some additional proof, right? Well, how about this? Bryce Young chooses receivers to work with on pro day. This is not a willy-nilly decision. Bryce's, Bryce Young's draft future depends on these guys. That That's why he wanted to use guys he's familiar with, Gibbs at running back and Latu at tight end. And, and Jermaine Burton and Ja'Corey Brooks, his receivers. Know who else he used? Malik Benson. Benson wasn't on the team last year. But Bryce, who, you know, spends a lot of time in that football building and hears everything and sees everything, Bryce is like, I'm trying to impress the NFL. I want Benson as one of my wide receivers. I want Benson working with me today. That is – that's just – it's evidence. Is it? Is it proof? Is it guilt beyond reasonable doubt type evidence? Maybe not. But when you combine that with what I heard about ball practices with then what we saw in the highlight tape and what we know is 10, 400 meter track time. That's why I'm, I, I'm, I'm comfortable in predicting that Malik Benson will be our best wide receiver this fall. Now, he does have to prove it this spring and in fall camp, and we'll see if that happens or doesn't happen. But that's why I have Benson alongside Corey Brooks and Jermaine Burton as Alabama's primary wide receivers. uh, I also think because will rise to wide receiver one, making Brooks and Burton more supporting guys, they'll be even better in those roles. I I think them being the go-to guy or auditioning for go-to guy might have been a little much. Might have been a little, not a lot much. Might have been a little much. To me, they're more like wide receiver twos. I mean it as a compliment because wide receiver twos in the NFL, look how good those guys are. Uh, I I think Brooks and Burton are both pro football players, to be honest. I I just don't think they're stars at the next level. I think they're just good players. Uh, But Benson, he might be a star, Luke.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Well, I mean – I. I just like him a lot. I feel like if if, Bryce, if he's good enough for Bryce Young, he's good enough for me. I've said a gazillion times, I think Bryce Young's the best player in Alabama history. So, um, All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. I'm still out here in Phoenix, Arizona. We're trying to time up our podcasting duties. By the way, um, you said something like, I've been trying to tell everybody, or you heard from people in the building about Malik Benson, so you were actually listening to other soliloquies, which I think is – ironic considering how this whole podcast started okay. um anyway anyway that's we how I get my inside information guys. I
1: follow Holman Wiggins around campus and catch him talking to himself
0: is he on the heath like King Lear just <laughs> talking into
1: the ether he's walking down the sidewalk and I'm like a few feet behind him and he's mumbling to himself and I'm, I'm back there right you that, like that uh, right down to my you eye.
0: like that is that? Is that? pretty Is that a progressive commercial where it's like the guy in the trash can is trying to follow the other two guys? He's spying on them. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I'm too lazy. Um, That's funny. I'm too lazy to do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you would just get in the trash can and be stationary. You're like, I hope they get close to me because otherwise I'm just going to stink. Anyway, comfortable comfortable in here. I'm out
1: of the sun. All
0: right, buddy. We'll talk tomorrow. Until then, roll tide. Roll tide.